Well, if you do have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, this morning's sermon, coming from Luke 12, verses 1 through 3. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for this morning. We praise you that we have it. And we look to it and we ask you to minister to us by the Spirit, through these words, work in our spirits so that we would be conformed into the image of your beloved Son, that we would learn to put off self, we would die to ourselves, and we would live for you, and in there find true life and goodness and delight. Help us, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what do you call someone who says one thing but does another. <laughs> That's good. That was good. I wasn't expecting that, but that, that was good. <laughs> we usually think of those people as hypocrites, right? But human was good. And with that, with that in mind, like someone who's a hypocrite, we typically have our own. Fo- formulated definition of it. I want to, we're going to read chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and hear what Jesus has to say about hypocrites. Starting at verse 1. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together, that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Now, if you heard those words, you'll realize that those are some tough words. Especially the response, what's going to happen to those who are hypocritical? At the end, they're like, wow. That doesn't sound too pleasant. Jesus wants us to realize that, yeah, that's not so pleasant of an idea because he wants us to take heed. Take heed and to be aware. Because every single one of us in this room, you're sitting here this morning and you know what's tempting for you? It's tempting for you in your flesh to become a hypocrite. To say one thing and do another. It's easy It's easy to be a person in private and then a different person in public. It's easy to, under the cover of darkness or under the cover of no one finding out, to act one way, and then when when you're in front of everyone else, act a completely other way. Jesus here gives us a few good reasons why we need to be aware of becoming hypocrites. And the first thing we'll notice here is what he says in verse 1. And basically it's this, hypocrisy will be a temptation as position increases. And I say this because, think of the context. Verse 1, which says this, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together, that they were trampling one another. Okay, now that's a lot of people, right? So many thousands of people had gathered together that they're trampling one another. And Jesus notices something. 
he sees all these people attracted to his ministry. All these people coming. And there's thousands upon thousands. And there's so many, they're trampling one another. And Jesus is assessing the situation. And he began to say to his disciples, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Who does he say that to? His disciples. He's telling them to beware. And beware of what? Beware of hypocrisy. And it's actually that the root of what the, Pharise- the problem of the Pharisees. And he says this right after saying what? If we looked at uh, a couple weeks back, we we're in Luke chapter 11, and he's dealing with saying some pretty tough stuff, wasn't he? The Pharisees and the lawyers, he was going after them. He's just finished going after them, and all these crowds are gathering together, and Jesus is knowing that, that he's not going to be around much longer, and this ministry and the effectiveness of this ministry is going to be these, his disciples. It's going to be transfer. And he's seeing, wow, there is going to be a huge temptation here. A huge temptation. And so he tells them, beware. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Jesus knows the temptation. And he knows the temptation is going to increase for his disciples. Why? Why is it going to increase? Because their authority is going to increase. Their ministry is going to increase. These crowds that are, that are just many thousands upon thousands, are going to be, they're going to be connected to their ministry soon. And there's going to be a temptation that comes along with that. It always does. The temptation of hypocrisy always comes with position and power as they increase. Jesus knows the human frame. He knows that once we've gained power and authority, that we will want to talk way over our heads. Say way more than we can do. Because there's a pressure that comes with it. We no longer want to admit to those under us that we have weaknesses. Or that we struggle with sin. Or that we don't fully live up to what we preach. Just look at how You are as a parent. If you're a parent, what happened when you became a parent and all of a sudden your children start to grow up and they begin to observe some things? How easy is it for us to admit to our children that we have weaknesses? Do you like to admit to your children that you have weaknesses? Do you like to confess to your children your sin? Do you like to confess to your children your faults? Do you like to tell them about how, how frail you are? No, what you want to do is you want to give them this image, this presentation, this sense of, you know, this is the way you should go, children, and don't ever do what I did. We don't want them to go that way. We don't want them to have our sins, our faults, the things that we do. We, and so we try really hard in positions of authority to use that authority to give them a model or a presentation of some, being somebody or someone that they can look up to and follow. And we think, man, if they found out about my weaknesses, my sins, my faults, what would that do? In a lot of ways, we believe it would give them license to do that. Because they look say, hey, you turned out all right. In fact, when I look at your life, you're pretty much perfect. I don't really see, you know, you don't sin, you don't do anything wrong, because I just see this model life. And what it does is it creates this gap, ironically, between us and our children. Because the person in authority, whenever that person in authority begins to separate themselves and and want to present a a certain persona and image that is like almost as 
closely as they can come to perfect, it creates this huge gap because any, no one else can relate to them. The people under them, our children, whoever's under us, no longer feel like they can relate to them. They feel like if I told them what I'm struggling with, if I told them how I've sinned, if they found out something that I did, you know what that would be? Awful. Horrific. Well, why? Because they've never done anything like that. There's no way. And so when it ends up happening is they get a false presentation of who we are a false idea, and it's like it really is a hypocritical image because we're not perfect. We do have faults. We do have weaknesses. We do have struggles. We do have difficulties. And yet those under us, there's a pressure to present to them that we don't. But we do. And this, this is a real temptation for anybody who, because in, in, when it happens, it happens as early as parenthood. You become a parent. All of a sudden, you've been given a position of authority, right? A position of authority. Now everybody's looking to you and, and think, well, they're looking to me and they're expecting, what are they expecting of me? They're expecting that I have it together. And I don't want to show them that I don't have it together because this whole thing will fall apart. Well, and so what that pressure does is it forces us, now Jesus understands what's going on, to become hypocritical, to start acting one way, speaking one way, but in reality, it's different. We're quite different. Just think of how we tell our kids not to get angry or yell at their siblings. Don't do that. And yet we get angry and yell at them as we're telling them not to. Or we, we tell them not to do it, and then 10 minutes later on the road, someone cuts us off and we let that guy have it. Flipping out. Right? We... Our lie, it's easy to become incongruent with what we're saying and what we're, what we're doing. And this gap, when we're incongruent, when we're saying one thing and doing another, Jesus says, hypocrite. That's what you are. Hypocrite. Well, that's pretty easy to do. That's easy to do. There's a lot of temptation, again, and it comes with positions of authority. When you're with your friends, you often, you're not tempted with those people that you feel like there's no, there's no position of authority, your equals, your peers. There's no temptation to be one way and, 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 and say one thing and then act another way. You don't care. But this is why Jesus, look at the timing here. The many thousands of people were coming, and, and, and they're seeing the, their power and their authority being elevated. The disciples, he's concerned for the disciples. He sees what's going to go on here. This is going to be transferred to them, and then when it's transferred to them, I'm concerned for them. I'm concerned for them because this leaven that's in the Pharisees, the very rot and root that's in the Pharisees, this hypocrisy, hypocritical spirit is, is going to be a very big temptation for them. And this is what happens to us when we're like this. You know, the, um, the ironic thing about hypocrisy is it, can, it gets sniffed out really quick. But the person acting the, the hypocrite, for some reason they keep playing it. They keep acting the hypocrite, thinking that everybody's, you know, believing them. Believing in what they're saying, yet... It, it can't help it because you know what life does? Life comes and it squeezes you. Life comes and, and, and the pressures of life hit you. And what's inside ends up coming outside. And that's why what's beautiful about a family 
is you just can't, it's hard to play the hypocrite. You do it anyway, but it's hard. Because they see you at your best, they see you at your worst. They see you when you're preaching and waxing eloquent, and they see you when you just lost your job. You can't go high. They see you when you smash your finger with a hammer. They see you when you, when you meet frustrating people in life. They see it all. And so what ends up happening is the hypocrites easily exposed within the home. And yet we keep playing it a lot of times. We keep trying to uphold the persona, uphold the image. And here's the raw truth. To you, to you children, to you congregants, or, you, or to you, to anyone who's under authority, and anybody who's over authority, if you have authority and you appear not to struggle, you appear not to, ha- not to have difficulties, if you appear to have, if anyone appears, that, if anyone in your life, have you ever thought of someone in your life, whether a parent or a pastor or an authority, and you look at their life and you thought they had it all together? Of course you have. I think we've all thought, man, I wish I had their life. It's, it's all together. If you look at anyone's life and you think you have it all together, you don't understand the nature of sin. You don't understand that what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, that no temptation has seized you, you who think they have it all together, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to men. Which is, this is a universal problem. So, One of the things the enemy loves to do is isolate you. When you isolate someone and can make them feel alone, and if they think no one will understand because they're the only weirdo on the planet, he's got you because you're in a dangerous place. It's it's actually even thinking like wrongly about people and about life and about sin. Every single one of us has to be in the battle. We struggle. We struggle. We have weaknesses, we have sins, we have faults, we have frailties. Don't go trying to act like you don't. You do. So no matter what position you're in or whatever, it does you no good to to act like everything's together in my life. It's not. You have weaknesses. You have struggles. You have difficulties. You have sins. Now, yes, you hopefully have overcome some of the ones that your children are struggling with. But that doesn't mean that you yourself, you know, think about your own fears. Hey, do you have fears? Not me. Yeah, you have fears. Think about your insecurities. You have insecurities? Not me. Yes, you do. Where do you find yourself insecure? And when you are insecure, how do you act? Not too good. And yet we never want to see our our children, we don't want our children to see our fears, our insecurities, our weaknesses. We want them to see our strength. We want to see our confidence. We want them to look up to us. And therein lies the pressure. Anytime you're in a position of authority and you have someone under you, you want the person under you to esteem you, to honor you, to respect you, to look up to you. And therein lies the pressure for hypocrisy. And that's why Jesus says, beware of it. Beware of it. Because it's a real thing for anyone who's over anyone. It's a real thing for as your authority and your power increases, so will the temptation to be a hypocrite. 
Another reason why we need to be aware of the danger of hypocrisy is because, as Jesus says at the end of this verse, you know, I had slides. I didn't even put them up. Totally forgot. See that? Bam. But this is the one I'm going to focus on now. And here's why. Because hypocrisy is at the heart of every Pharisee. The second, I'm going to look at the second part of this verse. It jumped. The second part of this verse, he says, when he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, Jesus here is pointing out that the issue, the issue of every Pharisee is what? Hypocrisy. It's at the heart of their issues and problems. This is the leaven his disciples would be aware of. It was the thing that throughout the whole loaf affected every area of the Pharisees, every area of their life. It was why Jesus said in Matthew 6 that they, they made, this is why they make their long prayers. This is why they gave their alms. This is why they dressed the way they did, they fasted the way they did, and pretty much every other religious activity they ever did. This is why. They did it to be seen by others, but inside they were filled with all kinds of evil. It was disingenuine. It wasn't real at all. It was the mutated cell that caused their cancer. It was at the heart of their problem. So if you ever want to know, if I ask you a question, what's at the heart of the Pharisee? What is the issue that's causing all their issues? If you want to know the leaven that goes through the whole lump, what is it? Jesus says, beware of it. It's hypocrisy. And so before I go any further, I think it's important at this point for us to really clearly understand what is hypocrisy. How is hypocrisy, how can we define it? Because if we don't define it properly, we apply it wrongly. It's because I think, you know, here's, here's the thing. Sometimes some people think a hypocrite, a hypocrite is somebody who does something in private but doesn't do it in public. They think that because you have a private life that nobody perhaps sees and it's not public, that that's hypocrisy. And what ends up happening, these people who think that, they tend to overshare. They're afraid of being hypocrites, so they're like, no, man, I'm an open book, and everything I do in uh, private, I, I do in public, because I don't want there to be any hypocrisy. That's not hypocrisy. There's plenty of things that are in private that should be private. And we're all glad they're private. There's, th- there's, there's private aspects of life that should be kept private, and nobody needs to know about it. It's private. And that's, that's not hypocrisy. And that's an important distinction to make because sometimes people do think that they don't want to be a hypocrite and then they just overshare all the time. We, we need to realize there are people who are also, who, who don't distinguish between the private and the public in another way. Realizing that yes, there are private things that we do in private. And the distinction is this. If you're in private and you sin in some way and then you cover that up and then you go live in public a different way, there's hypocrisy. In saying that there's private things that we do privately, we can do our private things sinfully. There's private things and there's ways to sin privately. And we sin privately. And whenever we sin privately and then act outwardly, publicly, differently, that's hypocrisy. So we could actually have um, private issues. We say, oh, I'm just being private. 
That's all I'm being. This is, the, this is the private, this is the public. And Dean said, I heard him in the sermon, he says it's not hypocrisy if it's private, no one needs to know about it, and, and, and it shouldn't be public. But here's the nuance, the difference. If you sin in your private life, and you cover that up, and then you act a different way in public, the private public now does matter because now you are a hypocrite. Even though nobody needs to know all the, the nitty-gritty details, you still need to deal with that issue. You still need to deal with that sin. You still need to, you still need to have it confessed and dealt with and, and have the blood of Jesus cover you for that sin. Because if he's not covering you, you're covering yourself. And if you're covering yourself, you're duplicitous. And next thing you know, you're going to go out in public and be a hypocrite. So that's a key factor. And what I'm doing in private, is it a sin? You have to know that. Know if it's a sin, and if it's a sin, and you just keep covering it up. And why do you cover it up? Because nobody sees. It's private. The darkness covers you. The darkness of not being known covers you. What a da- If you want to become a grade-A hypocrite, keep in, in your private life sinning and covering it up, thinking nobody knows or sees. And you will just, and then move out in public and then just become a different, you know, act a little differently and think, well, there's private and there's public. No, that, my friends, is deep hypocrisy that will get you in your bloodstream and it cause you to act just like a Pharisee. You know, one of the things that we also have to understand about hypocrisy is the, is the nature of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. If you, if you remember what was read for us in the scriptures this morning in Matthew chapter 6. If you think about what they were doing, they have this private and public problem, don't they? And he, but what were the activities? He wasn't actually talking about really any sinful activities. Do you guys recall any civil acti- sinful activities in Matthew 6? No, it was, all, was, it was praying, fasting, giving alms. What's, if you look at the nature of all these things, they're all religious activities. But he's saying, here's their hypocritical problem. They were doing it for one reason. Not so that God could hear their prayers. Not so that they would do it in the name of the Lord Jesus and and give their alms or do their fasting or whatever it is they were doing. No, what did Jesus say? They were doing those things that were to be done for God to be seen by men. So it's an incongruency. A thing that should be done for God and to God and unto the Lord is now done to men, for men, and unto men. That's what Jesus is getting at. You're a hypocrite because the very thing that should be done for God is done for men, and therein lies the hypocrisy. You're doing it to be seen by them, to be praised by them, to be thought of highly by them. And so our religious activities, we do have to ask ourselves the question, Do you do your religious activities to be seen by others? So that they would see you and think of you as spiritual and they go, whoa, look at that person. That's a temptation. It's a real temptation. Because again, especially, think of this. We want to do certain things, especially in our family as parents, there's a pressure to do them to be seen by our children so that our children would see them and think of us a certain way. It really, gets, it really hits us hard when we bring it home. Because there we realize hypocrisy is kind of easy. It's kind of tempting. 
Because we want them to think and feel and experience something. And this should be activities that's unto God. Not that they shouldn't see it. They should see us pray, obviously, right? Hopefully we're praying as a family. But here's the thing. This is why this kind of hypocrisy, you have to ask your own self. And the Spirit has to convict you in your own heart. Because you have to ask yourself this question. Am I doing it to be seen and heard by others, to impress others, to like put on a show? Or am I doing it to be seen by God, to, to God. So all our religious activities. Why are you reading your Bible in the morning? So they will see you and see your Bible open and go, ooh, pretty impressive. It's their discipline. Look at them. Are you, are you kind of hoping they'll see you? I'm, I'm reading this morning? Leviticus. <laughs> That can creep in your heart really easy. And you've got to deal with that. And what you should do, what, you, what do you do when that happens? You say, oh, Lord, oh, this is my flesh. This is, you know me, you know what I'm like. You have to confess it quickly. You have to be honest and sincere. It's, temp, it's a temptation. And you have to turn from that and do it as unto the Lord. Repent and say, Lord, this is unto you. You know, it, it can be, this is tricky and our hearts are slimy because hypocrisy is, is so easy to try to do both, to be seen by others and then slyly kind of uh, do it also with the right motive. So, so our hearts are a little tricky in there. And so the, what we have to understand is that you're always going to have a little bit of a battle, a little bit of tension. Why? Because... You're, you're, you're a mixed bag. There's a couple things going on in you. You have your flesh, that self that needs to be crucified. You carry it around with you daily, constantly. And it's always wanting to rear its ugly head. It's always wanting it, 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 itself, its ego to be stroked. It's, it's always wanting to be praised. It's always wanting to be honored. It's always wanting to, be, to look good. And you have got to deal with that to the day you die. Your flesh, that self part of you, that, that ego is with you. And if you don't go good at slaying that crucifying self, if you don't, if it's almost like working, working the, the self-crucifixion muscle. It's gotta, you got to get good at it. You've got to get identifying it and get good at crucifying it and get good at putting it to death through confession and repentance. And that's the, only thing that, that's the only thing that allows you to continue to grow and walk in the, in the fullness of the Spirit. As, as you, turn, you turn from your flesh, from yourself, and you turn to God. And you, you, this is how you live life. Oh, there it is again. Okay, there it is again. You confess it, you turn from it, you turn to God. There it is again. Even this morning, you know, right? You're, we're doing the confession of sin. And during the confession of sin, you can have some really crazy, stupid thoughts. Right in the middle of it. <laughs> and you're like, right there. And she go, there it is again. There it is. You've got to learn to identify that it's there. This is something you've got to can be aware of, Jesus says. Be aware. And it creeps into your heart. And you've got to understand the nature of hypocrisy is to have to want others to you know, see you as something that you're not and you know you're not. Deal with it. That's the only way to that's the only way to overcome it is deal with it.
Here's the, here's the last thing I want to finish with, and this is where um, it really gets interesting. If there's any motivation, Jesus says, okay, let's up the ante here. I'm going to motivate you to really be aware of it. I'm going to motivate you to really understand. You ought to deal with this, folks, is what he says here in verses 2 and 3. Hypocrisy is going to be exposed in the end. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Ouch. Woo. That one should scare us. That's the point of it. <laughs> That's why it, Jesus issues these tough warnings. So you go, whoa, did I just hear what he, I thought I heard? Did he just say that? Yes, he did. I better take a closer look. Am I a hypocrite? This is a sobering statement. Because could you imagine everything exposed and announced that all those things that you wanted, think of it, you're doing it only because nobody could see them. Nobody knows about them. If everyone found out about them, that would be like the most horrifying experience ever. Right, just think about that. The things that I would be very ashamed that anyone ever found out. So if I ask you a question, is there anything in your life that you'd be terribly ashamed that someone else found out about? Oh, yeah. Well, how about if it got announced on a loudspeaker? Facebook, the world knew about it. That would not be good. Not be good. Exactly, that would not be good. And that's what Jesus is saying here. This won't be good. This won't be good because the whole reason we cover up is because of the dread of being exposed. The dread. We cover it because we're terrified if, if others found out. Yet that's exactly what Jesus says is going to happen. Hello? They're going to find out. So if you thought, how deceptive is that? How self-deceived? Who I'm sure glad no one found out about this one. I'm sure glad I covered up that one. I'm sure glad that one didn't leak. Whoo! Don't who anything. That's just temporary. You didn't get away with it. You're not going to get away with it. Jesus says, actually, it's going to get shouted from a loudspeaker. Even those little conversations we've whispered in secret, if we don't expose them for what they are, then we need to know that they will be exposed. And this causes... This cause, when I read this, when I study this, it causes me to fear. It causes me to examine. It causes me to look. And it should. That's the point. If you don't read that, and if you don't tremble in some way, you're not getting what's going to happen. You've got to realize. He says, I just want you to know something, folks. This is what the judgment of God is going to be like. You thought you got away with it? No. You think you're going to get away with it? No. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to announce to you that there's coming a day, and just be thankful that there's a gap when it's not, it's not happening, well, not that we know of, it's not happening this afternoon, uh, that there's coming a day when this is going to happen. And the reason why God delays, let's just praise Him now, praise you, O God, for delaying, because He gives time for men to repent. He gives time, He's gracious and He's kind, He's like... Jesus says, I need to warn you, I need to tell you, and I need to tell you this because it's coming, and hopefully you hear this because, please, deal with, deal with it. 
If you don't deal with it, I will. Don't be self-deceived to think you got away with it. You didn't get away with anything. You just have some time. That's all. Just some time. How scary it is to deceive ourselves. Thinking, whew, no one found out about that one. I can keep going. I can keep going for a while. You know, I'm undercover. Oh, man, yeah, maybe for a little while. But it will get uncovered if you don't uncover it before God and those who need to hear about it. You know, we need to realize, and even think of this. Think of you children here this morning. How many of us children think, oh, man, have my parents ever found out? (laughs) No, that would be the worst ever. That should just be a flag. You need to deal with that. You've got, make sure you deal with it. Deal with the stuff. You've got to deal with it. All of us have things I think that we would be terrified if they were exposed. And if you do, make sure you deal with it. That's the thing. You have time to deal with it. So either you expose it, deal with it, or it will get exposed. And it will be dealt with. And and just think of us adults. How many things do we do in private that we think aren't going to be found out, and we're so glad. How many of you on your phones or computers think, click, nobody sees. Nobody's going to see that. I'm here to tell you, God sees every bit of it, and you're not getting away with it. That should cause you to go, Because if one day everyone sees your internet clicks, how happy are you about that day? Don't think you're getting away with it. That is the enemy deceiving you, whispering you, no one's looking, no one's seeing. You've got no accountability right now. Zero. Totally get away with it. Hello, go read your Bibles. Jesus says, listen, folks, all you do, all you have is some time. It's not, it's not whether it's going to happen. It's just when. So you have to, we have to live with this consciousness of a life before God, before his very gaze, that he's not going to let us get away with it. And that thought should cause us to fear. And it should cause us, Jesus says this, so that we would repent. And we would deal with this stuff so that we wouldn't get exposed on the end. At the end of the day, you should sit there and go, I am so glad, praise be to the Lord, that he warned me, that he told me this, and that I dealt with it. Because I, I think, you know, there's, I think there are many Christians who ultimately will be saved in the end, but are going to go through the most humiliating stuff you could ever imagine on the Day of Judgment. Because private sins they never dealt with. Kind of like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.15, where they escape as if through fire. Clothes are a little hot. That doesn't feel so good. And the fire Paul is referring to, though they escape through it, is not a pleasant fire. They just get in. Because they they fail to deal with certain things, and then God's going to deal with them. And I just think that it's going to be 
a very, very scary day. And if we can live in light of this, which is Jesus wants us to do because to understand this, it changes the way we act day to day. You're not getting away with it. Stop the hypocrisy. This is a serious and sobering truth. I think we should want to, at this point, say, okay, I'm getting it. I understand it. What do I do if I've been playing the hypocrite? What do I do? Well, the short answer is kind of what I've been saying throughout. Repent. It's easy to say, but it's not always easy to do. Because it means in real time, Confessing it to God and to those whom it involves and to those we need to confess to and turning away from it. There's the, the process of repentance. Like, how do I confess? Well, confess it. Uh, tell others. Tell God and tell those who need to hear it. Tell them what you've done. And turn away from it. There's confession and repentance. And if, again, like I said earlier about flexing that muscle, you've got to be good at that because this is something that is going to be tempting towards you and draw you on a continual basis. There's always that temptation to do in private what you ought not to be doing and then cover it up yourself and then go and live a different way in public. You've got to stop that. Stop trying to cover it up and start exposing it or it will get exposed. Stop covering. That's the thing. Stop covering. I think I got to stop covering myself up. I got to stop covering sin up. I got to stop covering my, my actions up. I got to stop covering. I got to stop covering. And I'm doing. You know, you got to stop deleting history. You got to stop. You know, what have I said? And and where have I gone? And what have I done? And and how do I cover my? No, forget it. Expose it, or it gets exposed. That's what confession is. Expose it, receive God's grace, receive His healing so that you could stand before Him at the end and He looks upon you and you're as clean as a kitten. Kittens are clean. (laughs) You're You're clean. Nothing's to be exposed. You exposed it. God dealt with it. It's all taken care of. That's your only comfort. That's your only hope, to know that I've exposed it. God has healed me. He's cleansed me. If we will confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, wipe it clean from all unrighteousness. So the day of judgment will come and you will stand there and there will be nothing. Except, well done, good and faithful servant in your life. Best decision ever. Best decision ever. So please, folks, Let me just say this. Flee hypocrisy. It's a temptation to every one of us. Flee it. Expose it. And run to God to cleanse you. That is your only hope. That's all you have right there. Do that and you will do well. Amen. Father, we're so thankful and grateful that you speak these words of truth to us that penetrate us deeply and and cause us to fear and cause us to examine and look at the things that we need to deal with. We're so good. Oh, Lord, you know how we love to cover up and we love to make ourselves look good and we love to have a certain persona and image and we hate to expose ourselves. You know how easy it is for us to be hypocrites. I just pray, oh, Lord, that you work deeply in our hearts. 
And that every person here this morning would be more than eager to stop playing the hypocrite and get honest and real with you and others. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.